Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue our study of the book of Acts with chapter 4, verses 1 through 12. Peter is brought before the leaders of the Jews and boldly proclaims the gospel. He ends his gospel message in verse 12 with the following declaration. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Please follow along with Pastor Jim as he delivers today's slice of this week's message entitled, No Other Name Under Heaven. Now, in the minds of the temple elite and their little private police force, this was an open and shut case. These men are guilty of causing a scene in our temple, and to them, the evidence is massive. Just all these people doing this proves they got to be wrong. It's easy to think that way as long as you consider only the evidence that you want to see. And think about it, friends. To be apart from Christ is to be spiritually blind. Think of how much they had to ignore. Now, never mind all those miracles that Jesus had done. Never mind all of His teaching. Never mind the empty tomb. Ignore that miracle from, oh, I don't know, a few days ago, that, that sound like a mighty rushing wind that sounded like there was a tornado right outside the temple gathered all those people. You have to pretend that the, the miracle of the tongues of fire never happened, and even though you've got hundreds of people saying that it did. Just scoff at that phenomenon of 120 people proclaiming the mighty deeds of God articulately in languages they don't know. You have to just pay no attention to the fact that these people that are following Jesus now, whom you consider a problem, they are so full of joy, they are so generous, they are so loving, and they're beloved by everyone who comes in contact with them. Well, you also have to ignore that guy that was crippled from birth, going around walking and leaping and praising God. How do you handle that? Well, just like the moon landing, it was a hoax, I'm sure. All these men could see that this was a problem in their temple. And these thousands of exuberant followers of Jesus were a threat to their control, their power, their position. They were experiencing the success of the power of the gospel, the gospel which is the power of God unto salvation. They were experiencing the power of the gospel, and to them that was proof of guilt of these gospel preachers and these people running around in their temple. So, verse 4, what's this abundant evidence? It says, but many of those who had heard the word, or who had heard the message, believed. And the number of the men came to be about 5,000. 
That's an interesting detail that Luke puts in here, and we're going to see a string of details as he recounts the growth of the followers of Christ. Remember, just a few days earlier, 3,000 souls were saved and baptized after that first time Peter preached. We're told at the end of chapter 2, the numbers kept swelling. God was adding to their number day by day as many as would be saved. Now, it's even more. The word for men, here in verse 4, is not the generic word anthropos that means man like in mankind. This is the word that means adult males. So now he says there were about 5,000 men, and who knows how many women and children. Uh, That means that in Jewish culture, you now have the heads of 5,000 households included in this fellowship. Now, to a, an honest, Bible-believing Jew, this should be cause for unbridled celebration. This was proof that the Messiah had indeed come. This is proof that the kingdom program of God is upon us. But to the power-hungry, somewhat paranoid Sadducees, it's just more evidence that these incorrigible people are all crazy. They all need to be stopped and they need to get out of our temple. We're in charge here. So you're under arrest. The evidence against you is strong. So what do you do? Well, we confess. They didn't even have to be taken off into separate rooms and interrogated for eight hours. Now, surely those who arrested them thought, you know, a a night in the slammer might knock some sense into this loudmouth Peter and his sidekick John. Maybe if we make an example of them, it'll help quash this uprising of deluded people. Well, cue the next scene. The next scene takes place in the chambers of the, the Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin is a, a group of 70, put an asterisk on 70, there are a few others in there. They're almost all Sadducees, and they are the supreme court of the Jews. So, verses 5 and 6. On the next day, the day after they were arrested, their rulers and elders and scribes, that's the Sanhedrin, were gathered together in Jerusalem. And Annas, the high priest, was there, and Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, and all who were of high priestly descent. Now, the Sanhedrin was officially 70, actually 71, because uh, they were headed by whoever was the current high priest. He served as the chairman, and if there was a tie in a vote, he was the tiebreaker. It's like the U.S. Senate. We have 100 senators from 50 different states with the vice president reside, uh, presiding and breaking ties when there is a tie. Now, if you, if you work back through the Gospels, you, some of these names will be familiar. You'll remember that the actual high priest at that time was Caiaphas. But before Caiaphas was the high priest, his father-in-law, Annas, had been in that office for over a decade. Now, the Romans maintained the authority to to change the high priests, and they had dumped Annas, but Annas, having been in power for so long, he cleverly arranged uh, to have a place of honor like the high priest emeritus, if you will, and his son-in-law, Caiaphas, became that guy. So at 70, plus the high priest, 
Well, and then you got the high priest emeritus, and then you have John and Alexander, and they were other members who followed in the line of, uh, of Annas. So uh, they had no problem with a number bigger than 70 as long as they were all sycophants, and they all were. They were all going to come do the bidding of the Sadducees. So this group, in their chamber, the chamber of the Sanhedrin, they met in a circle in, in a large hall. I don't know if there was 70 individual chairs around, or maybe they made it two or three uh, deep, but there was a space in the middle where those who were charged with crimes or other offenses could be questioned, and they were literally surrounded for the questioning. Now, we know this took place in the spring, and it was a great day for grilling apostles. So they started, chapter 4, verse 7. When they had placed them in the center, they began to inquire, by what power or in what name have you done this? Hi, oh, man, uh, I, did not, I do not have Peter's um, patience. I would have said, did you listen to anything I said? Have you paid any attention at all? Have you listened to the guy that's walking and leaping and praising God? Come on, guys. No, didn't do that. By the way, the Greek sentence puts great emphasis on the, the plural pronoun you. Only two of the 12 apostles were being questioned, but it's clear the questioners were holding them and by extension all 12 of them responsible for doing this. How have you done this? This what? Well, I think he's referring to the, I think they're referring to the whole situation. They were not about to consider that this was being done by the hand of God. In their minds, this was just an assault on their power and their position. The Sanhedrin was just like your run-of-the-mill, garden-variety um, uh, evolutionist. Okay, we're ruling out the answer. We know this can't be God. Now let's explain the answer to the question. That's exactly what they're doing. We know this isn't of God because you're messing around in our temple. We don't like that. We want you to stop. That's kind of the attitude that they had. We hold you responsible for these unauthorized gatherings in our temple. So as I said, it's blindness. How much did they have to ignore? Couldn't they remember... Jesus on the cross, three hours of darkness? Didn't they remember the veil in the temple, their temple, being torn in two miraculously from top to bottom? Didn't they hear about the testimonies of those people who were raised from the dead that day? Couldn't they remember the empty tomb that kept being pointed out to them? Didn't they remember that sound like the mighty rushing wind that raced through all of Jerusalem and gathered the whole city together? The testimonies about the tongues of fire, the the unknown languages? And then what about the everyday testimonies of the 3,000 people who were baptized and the guy walking and leaping and praising God? Did they just think that was an elegant hoax? Well, they didn't care. It was just, you're messing with our temple. We don't like that. So that one question 
Verse 7, by what power or in what name have you done this? That pushed Peter's play button. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.